fucking do it. Time for another uh, episode of this shit. Alexander Chapter 6. This is going to be the sixth fucking hour that I've spoken extemporaneously, more or less, uh, about the life and times of Alexander the Great, man. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at this point, uh, but it's fine. Uh, I shouldn't be in a rush to get this over, but it feels like um, after this hour, there's probably going to be one more, and then we'll have to move on to a new topic. I have no fucking clue what that is, but uh, hopefully by the time we get there, I'll have a better idea. Could just talk shit about people in general. I mean, at this point, August of 2020, uh, there's no shortage of that. But, I mean, that wouldn't be very original, so I probably won't do that. Anyway, let's recap where we are. And hopefully the goddamn cicadas won't be fucking uh, drowning me out uh, for most of this episode. That was ridiculous, and I apologize. Um, I don't know why they're not uh, making any noise now, actually. But, oh well. I'm right by the window. I don't give a shit. I'm not going in my bedroom to record this. <clears throat> so let's recap. Alexander, uh, by this point, has beaten the armies of Darius III, the uh, king of kings of the Persian Empire, chased Darius through the heart of his kingdom, burned down the fucking capital of Persepolis, uh, only to find that uh, Darius has been overthrown and taken hostage by his closest uh, advisors and subordinates and stuff, and in-laws and shit. Guy named Bessus. Alexander, like, goes after them hard. You know, one of his hallmarks, especially the further he goes east, is his... uh, Ability to sort of strip down his army to its fastest elements and lead a a group of just fast-moving horsemen and light troops either up into the mountains or hard across the desert in pursuit of these motherfuckers. And I'm telling you, you don't escape this guy. He's fucking driven, and he's a crazy motherfucker. He's got little big man syndrome. He's going to come after you, and he's going to be relentless. That's the worst kind of guy to go against, a relentless motherfucker. So Alexander eventually overtakes the guys that have uh, usurped Darius, um, only to have them panic and uh, fucking stab Darius to death a couple of times, you know, and then they have the end last scene from Heat together, and he's like, avenge me, you know. But now Alexander finds himself the most powerful man in the fucking world and decides that, well, all right, now that that's done, time to get rid of some of these motherfuckers. These hardliners that, you know, were my dad's boys, namely Parmenio. Uh, Alexander fabricates uh, Parmenio's role in a plot to assassinate him uh, via Parmenio's son, Philetus, who nobody liked. There's people lining up uh, to be able to torture and beat the fucking confession out of Philetus. Trust me on that one. Um little arrogant prick. And, you know, the thing is, though, I feel bad because uh, that was really his only sin. I mean, Phil just wasn't guilty either. He was just a cocky son of a bitch, but he was also a bad motherfucker. He led the companions, man. Those guys were the strike force every major victory. Um, but, I mean, Alexander obviously was riding at the head of that shit, so whatever. But I don't think it's any coincidence. Um... Now that Alexander's, you know, all of his threats have been eliminated, um, at least, you know, like the tangible ones, like the, you know, the enemy army and people he doesn't like inside, you know, the known threats that he had on his sort of list, um, but now the unknown threats start to fucking, uh, enter his mind, you know? Like, executing Parmenio, like, he had proof and shit, but that still didn't mean that, uh, you know, the old guard in the army is like, all right, man, we'll remember this. We'll remember this, Alexander, you know? Which only serves to make Alexander's ass more fucking paranoid, you know? So it's like a downward spiral sort of thing. Then, while this is going on, you know, Alexander's trying to uh, integrate uh, both Macedonian and Persian societies together. 
But I mean, shit, you try doing that in modern times. It's not going to go over well, right? We've already tried that shit. It's not working. So imagine in fucking 330 BC trying to bring together East and West and get them to fucking, you know, work together and be comrades in arms. I mean, it's a fucking lofty goal, but uh, not going to happen, bro. And it only works to make both sides skeptical of Alexander, which only then, you know, reinforces his fucking paranoia. So, I mean, I, Alexander is just starting to really realize that, like, you know, those battles where you're outnumbered fucking ten to one or whatever, that was the easy part, man. You can train for that stuff, but you can't train for fucking, you know, battling your mind. I mean, I guess you can, but... You know, and winning hearts and minds of conquered peoples that used to be fucking rulers of the world, that's not easy. I mean, I don't know how you do it. I don't know, like I'm some kind of expert, but you know, I don't know how you do it. But I mean, hell, nobody's been able to do it. He tried, that motherfucker tried, though. You know, you can't enslave everybody. That doesn't work. It's too big of an empire to just fucking beat the shit out of everybody. But then you try to conciliate them, and somebody's going to get pissed off, you know? It's like uh, polygamy, you know? Guy has three wives that sounds good, make everybody happy, but they're gonna just going to get jealous of one another and backstab and shit, and it's just going to make, make your problems grow. It's tough. But Alexander, by this point, is like, okay, you know... He's been had people telling him he's God. He's won every battle. He's been raised for this. Like, literally, this is what he's been groomed for, so now it happens. He's getting rid of everybody, but now he's got, you know, resentment and people talking shit behind his back, and he's trying to fucking, you know, uh, incorporate the two cultures. I mean, it's just a... He's bitten off a lot. I'm sure he's stressed as hell. He's, you know... If the Granicus, he got beaten the head with a battle axe that shattered his helmet. He's been stabbed, knocked out. I'm sure he's got CTE. So, you know, I just wanted to sort of set up where this guy is at this point, you know. There's that famous quote, I think, I could be misremembering, but it's, you know, Alexander, you know, surveyed the breadth of his empire and he wept for there are no more worlds to conquer. Well, he's getting close to the end of worlds to conquer. But at, at the at, right at where we pick up the story, he's got a couple more little uh, problems to solve. So this keeps him going. Um, number one, he's got to go get Bessus's ass, the dude that fucking usurped Darius and claimed the throne for himself, you know? Because again, Alexander's whole plan had been, I'll just capture Darius, take him around to everybody, Darius will acknowledge I'm the new king, and then everybody will get on board with this shit. That was kind of naive, but whatever. But now this bestest motherfucker usurped him and then took the crown and started calling himself Artaxerxes IV. Threw a monkey wrench in Alexander's plans. So he's like, all right, man, I'll just kill this motherfucker. I'll kill the fuck. I'm sure he was mad. So he pursued uh, Bessus's ass over the fucking Hindu Kush mountain range. You know, that's the Himalayas, I think. Close enough. Whatever. Roof of the world. I think it's as high as you can possibly get while still having a decent chance of surviving. I mean, not really. A lot of people just fell out dead. Um, you know, there's all kinds of passes through that mountain range. Bessus thought that Alexander would take the most shortest direct pass through the mountains, but uh, he must not know Alexander, because Alexander's taken the fucking indirect approach every time, and it's usually going to be the most grueling and unexpected one. You know, it's kind of like Genghis Khan going through the Gobi Desert to hit the Chinese in the rear. You should expect this shit, Lawrence of Arabia style. He's coming from your rear, no matter what is in your rear. So Bessus has to immediately abandon his fucking plan to sort of wait by that mountain pass and, you know, ambush him. Uh, so Bessus retreats kind of north into Sogdiana. This is so the last two provinces in the Persian Empire that Alexander's got to fucking subdue and, and conquer are Bactria and Sogdiana. Bactria is kind of taken care of. Sogdiana is where he's chasing Bessus. Um, and that's modern day, like, this is where, you know, you look on the map and you thought these were, like, joke 
like these were only existed in the Borat movie, but it's like Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, all that shit. Giant fucking redneck truck driving by. Boy, that nothing screams insecurity like a truck that you can hear from the second floor in my apartment out on the road. Anyway, so he flees up there. This is like the steppe. You know, this is where the Turks originally came from. Um, mostly plains and desert lands and, you know, nomadic raiders on horseback doing hit-and-run missions and then just escaping. I mean, it's... it's When the... Um, not really, not this area exactly, but similar country. When the Nazis came through in their army, you know, in World War II, it drove a lot of those guys melancholy because it was just, it makes the Great Plains look like chicken shit. Just flat lands and no rivers. And you know, after you cross this one big one, the Oxus River, and it's just, you know, arid horse country. So Alexander continues in pursuit to the Oxus River. That's what I was talking about. Um, at this point, a lot of the old timers and like the Salians, they uh, they they get you know puff their chests out and kind of revolt and demand to go home. So Alexander doesn't really have any choice but to say, all right, well then get the fuck out of here, go home, take your ass home. So between this and then just the deaths from dehydration and people getting frozen in the mountains and just dropping dead, Alexander had to make a sort of a, a bold new kind of move in that he took on local, quote, barbarians. I mean, they're not barbarians. They're just the locals. But they're Asians, you know, into his army, which is obviously going to make the old school Macedonians and their ilk be like, oh, shit, man, he's taking those, you know whatever the fucking racial slurs were for them back then, because you know they used them. Tibesus uh, had banked on Alexander getting held up at the Oxus River, because uh, it's big. It's like, you know, broad, deep, fast-moving, because it's got all the runoff from the Hindu Kush. Again, though, by now, Bessus should know that uh, Alexander's going to make shit happen. And he'd been, you know, his one of his favorite books was Xenophon's March of the Ten Thousand, which if you hadn't read that or didn't know that story, it's fucking awesome. But uh, Alexander pulled a Xenophon and had his men construct these rudimentary flotillas out of, like, tents that they stuffed with hay and then sewed them airtight and sort of floated across the river on them. So at this, you know, Bessus's men turned on him and sort of left him behind where Alexander could find him. I mean, they, you know, they said, oh, fuck. So, um, I think they basically, Alexander said, have this motherfucker tied to a post on the road that I'm going to take, and if he's there, I'll, uh, we'll, I'll think about letting you guys go. So they did, and uh, Alexander, you know, comes rolling up, and Bessus is kind of hanging there, and uh, Alexander talks some shit to him, you know, like, motherfucker, who do you think you are? You know? Fucking my shit up, man. You're just some dude named Bessus. That's a bitch-ass name compared to all the other cool names in your Persian Empire, you know? I mean, he probably didn't say that, but... I do know that he had him scourged. Scourged? Whipped, I guess. Just call it whipped. They basically pulled, you know, went all Passion of the Christ on him. And then sent him back to civilization, um, like in Ecbatana, where they cut his fucking nose and ears off and shit. That's like what the Persians would do. Uh, and then finally publicly executed his ass in front of everybody. You know, this is what happens when you try to usurp the fucking king and mess with uh, Alexander. You know, again, he kind of oscillates between, you know, trying to befriend people then trying to you know it's carrots and sticks you carrot to entice people stick to beat the fuck out of them when they don't come to the carrot of course <laughs> i mean this had to have driven alexander crazy because just when he thinks he's fucking finally done um another one of these fucking former satraps starts some shit up in his rear and this time it's a guy named spitamanes a guy who he, Alexander actually, you know, named Satrap of the area and then said, all right, we're moving on. You know, and Spitamania's like, you can trust me, man. 
I'm your guy. I know I was on their team, but you know he was one one of the people that had uh, stabbed Darius, I think. And then I I don't know if he's one of the guys that turned Bessus over. See, this is the problem. You're gonna have to sort of discount most of what I say, but the overall story is matters. Just the details may be fucked. Um. So he left Spitamanes in charge, uh, and then went on, moved on ahead, and then as soon as he got took off, Alexander, you know, left with the army. Spitamanes uh, murdered the fucking Macedonian garrison left behind and took off on bandit raids. And Spitamanes, uh, his guys were the ones that um, Alexander ran up into the forest and then lit the fucking forest on fire and burned the guys to death. But, you know, Spitamanes had escaped to join Bessus, but those are his guys. Alexander, man, Spitamanes was no joke, though. Alexander could never quite seem to catch this motherfucker. I mean, he was fast and elusive and sneaky and slick and tactical. and He was a hit-and-run fucking guru, man. He knew how to do this shit, and he knew the land. Knew where to go, run to hide, uh, how to get there, all that shit, where the water was, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he would hit Alexander in the rear... And then as soon as Alexander turned around to come catch him, and Alexander was no slouch. You know, he could move fast, but Spitamanes would be gone in the night. Um, <clears throat> or Craterus or somebody else, you know. I mean, they, solid guys would ride hard to try to catch this guy, but they couldn't catch him, man. He was like an eel. This was drawn out and frustrating as hell to everyone. Um... And you know what happens, right? Like, you get frustrated, you start taking it out on the locals... So that doesn't help anything. That, you know, fighting a guerrilla war fucking sucks, man. Not many people are good at both traditional war and fucking guerrilla war, but Alexander is probably as good as anybody. But this Vitamanes motherfucker caused a lot of consternation and strife in Alexander's camp. And that shit all bubbled over into a fucking boil one night in Maracanda up there, you know, in that area. I mean, like I kind of alluded to earlier, tensions have been building between, you know, Alexander's core of Macedonian lifers and then the new members of his inner circle, you know, the Persian guys and stuff like that. So then you combine these setbacks and catching Spitamanes with... You know, the the heat generated from the clash of cultures, and... I mean, you're gonna get a fucking explosion once you throw some alcohol in that shit. And by the way, these motherfuckers drink hard. So they're all partying, you know, getting fucked up one night. And they start telling tales, you know, everybody telling tales, telling lies, stories and shit. Uh, after the dancing boys are ushered off or whatever. And Alexander's kind of pulls some Bush League shit um, and starts bragging on his own exploits, you know? Um, which is kind of lame, considering, like, okay, man, we're all, like, we know, you don't have to toot your own fucking horn, man. But it kind of escalates, and then it gets into this fucking shit-talking match between the, the sort of the young guys that are Alexander's boys and then, you know, the old guard who were closer to his dad, Philip. You know, and they're all going back and forth, you know, making fun of each other, you know, because the young guys are like, dude, you guys can't even catch fucking Spitaminis. So, Black Clytus, who is one of Alexander's bodyguards, and he's supposed to head off it to be the fucking governor of Bactria the next day, which is a big deal. Um, one of the best guys. He was the guy that also, when Alexander was about to get chopped at the fucking Battle of the Granicus, Clytus is the one who came up and chopped the dude's arm off. And Also, Clytus's sister had been Alexander's wet nurse, which, that's a weird concept. I, we're not, I know we're not related, little baby, but uh, I'm going to breastfeed you. That's what that shit was, so really weird. Anyhow, Clytus is hammered. And he's called Black Clytus, but he's not a black guy. I think it's because his beard was black, but then it's like, well, aren't most Greeks' beards black? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Then he's talking shit to Alexander, and he's like, dude, you've become all Asiatic, motherfucker. 
You know, and he, uh, he keeps bringing up the time that he fucking saved uh, Alexander's life at the Granicus, obviously, right? Like, of course he's going to bring that up, but he's drunk and Alexander's mouthing off. I bet he said a lot of racist shit about the Persians and the Greeks and, you know, their sexual habits or something. I'm sure, right? Like, think about the shit talking that an ancient dude, an ancient warrior, ancient warlord would, would do. I'm sure it's just brutal. But, you know, I, I know for sure that he was like, yeah, that time I fucking saved your ass at the fucking Granicus. If I was Alexander, though, I'd have been like, dude, you're my fucking bodyguard, okay? Congratulations on doing your job, okay? What do you want, you know? If saving my life isn't the job of a bodyguard, what is your job, okay? You didn't go above and beyond. You just did your job. But anyway, tempers flare, and Alexander's, like, reaching for something, and the only thing near him is an apple, and so he fucking throws it, goes upside Clytus's head uh, with the apple, which pisses him off, and then Clytus starts reciting some poetry about tyrants or something. I don't remember. And eventually they got to restrain Clytus and take him out of the room. And, you know, and Alexander's like really starting to get pissed off because he's wasted too. Um, but eventually Clytus gets somehow gets back into the room and is talking more shit about like, you've changed, man. You've forgotten where you came from, man. I think he also made fun of Alexander, uh, thinking he was the son of the Zeus, and, you know, like, oh, why don't you go fucking tell your dad Zeus, motherfucker? And so, eventually, he says something that just really causes Alexander to go off the edge, and he picks up a spear and fucking kills Black Clytus with it. And then he instantly is into, oh, what have I done? You know, mode. Um... And he's so hit by remorse, I think he tries to impale himself on this fucking spear before they, like, take it away from him and stuff, but he instantly is despondent. You know, this is like the guy, I mean, again, this is the guy that saved your life, he was your closest bodyguard, your dad loved him, you fucking sucked on his sister's breasts when you were a baby, and now you speared the motherfucker because you both got wasted and you didn't like him talking shit. So, this sends Alexander into a real deep depression. Some people think he milked it for a couple of days, because, uh, like, he stayed, you know, face down uh, in his tent for a while. Probably embarrassed a little bit, too, but he wanted one of his, you know, kiss-ass sycophants to come in, and eventually uh, one of them did, and they were like, dude, you shouldn't feel guilty, man. You're the fucking king. You can do whatever you want to, you know, but... Alexander also probably realized that, like, you know, Clytus's fucking last words were like, you've changed, man, and then Alexander stabs him, which, you know, they're supposed to be a fucking egalitarian society or whatever, right? Because, I mean, at this point, word has probably gotten around that, you know, uh, Clytus got killed because he uh, started criticizing Alexander and talking shit, and it's like, well, you know, I mean... You gotta realize that before, the Macedonians, like I said, were this egalitarian people who, you know, we're all equals, but he's the king, that kind of shit, you know, and like they called, they were able to call him by his first name, and now you got these damn Persians coming in and, and ass-kissing, you know, and all this shit, and, you know, all formal and stuff, because they, you know, view the king of kings as almost divine. And so it's just kind of obvious, like, okay, shit, what's going on here, man, like... This guy used to be our fucking captain general, you know, fucking society of equals, and now I think Alexander's gone fucking full tyrant, and almost paradoxically, he went full tyrant by trying to be fucking a unifier, you know, who was all things to all people, right? Like, I mean, they, they, he pushed the bounds of his egalitarian fucking, you know, peer society companions, right? Like his elite cavalry and infantry were called foot companions and horse companions. They were the companions of the king, not his minions. That's the fucking Persian way, man. But Alexander has to dip his toe in that shit to sort of preserve some of the Persian Empire's institutions, man. 
interesting to think about. I mean, this dude was in a catch-22 from the beginning, almost, but that doesn't excuse you fucking spearing people who get drunk and mouth off after they've been, you know, been by, literally by your side this whole way. And I'm sure a lot of the Macedonian generals and stuff were resentful because, you know, Alexander basically going around saying, I did this. I fucking did all this. And they're like, you know, hey, man, I killed just as many people as you did. Alexander did ride from the, I mean, he led from the fucking front, though, so it's not like some bitch king who was, you know, in the back, though. So I will give him that, you know. That dude was the tip of the spear. The Macedonian heavy cavalry would attack in a fucking V formation, you know, a wedge, like an arrow shot at the line of the enemy. Alexander was the fucking first guy in. He was the tip of that V. And so, you know, are you going to let your king go in alone? No. And he trained harder than anybody else. I mean, he was like a Navy SEAL amongst fucking reservists. Not really. I mean, I guess regular army. And the Persians had nothing but reservists. How about that? That's a nice analogy. But Alexander was a special forces motherfucker. So anyway, Alexander sets out uh, once again to fucking find and kill Spitamanes, who's, you know, been such a pain in his ass that he was kind of one that caused this blow up with Black Clytus. Um, but eventually, to nobody's surprise, at least not to me, Alexander's tenacious ass, uh, fucking that go, go, go attitude, his relentlessness, that proves to be decisive, and some of the desert nomads that Spitamanes have been riding uh, with turn on him and deliver his fucking head to Alexander. I wonder if Alexander fucked the head. Nah, I'm just kidding, alright. Insurgency over, either way, you know? Pretty solid, man, you know? The best that the Persian army could throw at this motherfucker, he took them all. Big army, all you know, the, the massive army of Darius, all the way down to the fucking squad level with Spitamanes, you know? Hitting him with fucking battalion level strength, probably. Maybe even companies. So, Alexander now turns his attention to the remaining resistance in Sogdia. Sogdiana, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But specifically, this fucking mountain fortress territory called the Sogdian Rock. I mean, you can imagine what this is. It's it's in the side of a fucking tall mountain. Nobody can get to it. You know, it's it's I can't emphasize how impenetrable looking this fucking thing seems. I mean, there's just no way up to it. Um it's a tight area. It's a sheer cliff. Um, and the, the guy that controls it is the, the local baron, you know, this guy named Oxiartes. So, of course, Alexander, obviously, is not one of these people that just looks at it and goes, well, guess we better pack up and go home. It looks hard. He's like, oh, I'm going to take it. So, Alexander besieges this goddamn impossible uh, to take Alpine stronghold in the middle of winter. It's knee-deep snow, by the way. And you got the defenders looking out over the fucking ramparts and laughing at Alexander, and they... When will they ever learn? They talk shit to Alexander and tell him that you can only take this fucking place if you have soldiers with wings, brah, and start having a nice laugh at him. And Alexander's like, okay, motherfuckers, fine. As always, the lesson is never talk shit to Alexander because he will find a way to fuck you up. He will. He is the most relentless motherfucker who's ever walked the face of the earth. I don't think that's any hyperbole whatsoever. He's relentless. You could be in the middle. I mean, he's coming to get you and you just taunting him. Enjoy your laugh, because you're about to die. So Alexander goes off and finds 300 volunteers, and he's like, hey, who here wants to fucking climb this? And it's a, the only way that he decides to get up is a sheer, you know, perpendicular to the ground rock face. 
And in ancient times, they climbed it kind of just like they do now, with tying ropes to each other and driving spikes into the fucking mountain and just trying to climb up with your bare hands and feet. And it's a sheer rock face straight up the mountain to get into the back of the fucking Sogdian rock. Well, guess what? They did it at night in January. It's cold. These guys are wearing fucking loincloths. Uh, and they're using ropes made out of fucking camel's hair and shit. And they climb up the sheer mountain face and they get at the top of the Sogdian rock, like the, the very peak of it. Uh, and when morning comes, they are fucking looking down on the defenders, you know, Oxyartes and his men. And Alexander's like, whoops, guess like I found some guys with wings. And so, uh... When Oxyartes' men saw Alexander and his dudes had actually got the drop on them, they immediately surrendered and were like, holy shit, man, they started worshipping him. But it's not the end of the story. Um, Alexander realizes, like, fuck, man, I gotta just, you know, like, I gotta start doing some diplomacy here. And so Oxyartes, who's the guy over this area, uh, Alexander quickly sees this guy's this motherfucker's a valuable ally, so I need to get on his good side, let him come to my side, and so Alexander lets Oxyartes know, hey man, I've taken a liking to your daughter, Roxanne, and I want to marry her. And by all accounts, she was one fine motherfucker, so it's not a stretch. I mean, everybody said she was the best looking woman in the world that they'd seen. She's probably like that girl on that uh, National Geographic um, cover with the... She's like the Afghan girl, but the really piercing green eyes or something. I was going to, you know... I'm not going to talk about her figure, but you can imagine. So, Alexander marries Roxanne and secures Oxyartes, Ox, Oxyartes as his um, ally... And he's finally got him a woman, you know. Now, with the backing of Oxyartes, uh, Alexander got the rest of the area to cease their resistance to him and come over to his side. You know, Oxyartes went around and said, hey, look, this dude's not bad, man. He, my, my, my daughter likes him. He's got a Coke can between his legs. I don't know. He, he probably pleases her. That fucking stupid Oliver Stone movie, Alexander, ruins this whole thing for everybody. That movie sucked. And so it just taints every goddamn piece of this story in terms of, you know, it was awful. But anyhow, she was fine as hell, and I think he actually liked her. I mean, you'd have to be really, you'd be one more see motherfucker not to dig her. And so with that... Alexander had finally fucking done it. He subdued the last two Persian satrapies of Bactria and Sogdiana. That's it. He did it. He conquered the fucking Persian Empire. Brutal work. I mean, it was hard. This shit took longer than all the other stuff combined, you know? This area is like the highest degree of difficulty. Maybe Vietnam. But... Nobody else has conquered this shit. The Soviet Union couldn't do it. America's been trying to do it for 19 years. Still hadn't done it. Alexander did. That should tell you something about this motherfucker. Whether or not he's a fucking megalomaniac, paranoid, whatever, God complex, the guy was effective. But, obviously, I think you could hopefully tell by now, um, whenever Alexander sort of reaches a milestone or something, more shit just bubbles up. And in this case, the, the clash of cultures once again just really overheats. I mean, the Persians had, had this tradition of where they would bow and you know to the feet of the king of kings. It's called proskinesis. And Alexander tried to preserve this so as just not to completely shit on the customs of the Persians who were fucking proud people. They had a culture that was every bit as good as the fucking Greeks and Macedonians. I mean, they were the ones that had the world empire, not the Macedonians. They had a good army, but 
Persians were the ones that were the fucking royalists. And so, I mean, it get, I mean, I get it why he wants to do that. Like, you can't teach these people new shit and expect them to follow you. They're going to stab you in the back. But the Macedonians made fun of proskinesis, man. And they were kind of offended by it, honestly. Because you know what I mean? Like, if you bow down and where to your face is on the ground, almost kissing the guy's feet, that's kind of like, and they interpreted it as like, um, are you guys worshiping him like you're, he's a fucking god? And so, of course, like Alexander by now, his inner circle is just ass-kissing mastery. Hephaestion, especially, who's like his half-brother, gay lover kind of best friend, like butt buddies, but not in like a joking way. Like in a serious, they're like seriously butt buddies, I think. But in a, like a really, me saying butt buddies makes it sound like I'm prejudiced against it or something. No, they were just super close. So, people like that are like, you know what, well, if they're going to worship him like he's God, let's just say he's God, right? Because then uh, this is probably when word got out about Zeus and stuff, because Black Clytus had been talking shit about it. And so they're just like, well, well he, he kind of is a God, right? So why don't, why don't we all kiss his fucking feet, you know? It's not that bad. And then we'll kiss him on the mouth. That's that was, I think, their solution because you know, kissing the mouth is real egalitarian shit. Like, I kiss the king on the mouth. So what? He's not that. He's a cool guy. But the most outspoken opponent of this was um, Alexander's official royal historian, Callisthenes, uh, who happened to be Aristotle's nephew. I think that's why Alexander brought him along. But he was, you know, the they say historian, but he was also the propagandist. And so, you know, all along here, he'd been, you know, writing the history and glorifying Alexander. But this time, he's like, man, this is too far, these fucking Persian Jews adopting these stupid, disgusting fucking Persian, you know, this Asiatic, tyrannical bullshit, man. We're from the fucking Greek world where we're all equals, man. So he tried to act like he was fucking publicly defiant in terms of like, um, like when he was supposed to kiss Alexander and Neil, he acted like he was looking the other way and shit. And it's like, mm-mm. He refused to kneel. So he's like an anti Kaepernick or something. Uh, and of course, Alexander noticed this and was like, all right, well, I mean, fuck, I've killed everybody at this point. What's one more fucking historian? It's really bad, though, when you're killing your fucking chief propagandist, right? Because he, he makes fun of something you're doing. So Alexander, though, he's a smart motherfucker, man. He knew how to... By this point, he was really good at letting people fucking, you know, hang themselves with their own rope. He just... So Alexander set it up where Callisthenes would make a speech praising the Macedonians. And this guy thought he was an eloquent motherfucker. So Alexander's like, dude... You are you have got such good oratorical skills. You know what? I bet you you could make a speech that is in direct opposition to the one you just made. Basically saying, I bet you can't make a speech that also now, you know, hazes the Macedonians, you know, downgrades them, fucking, you know, shits on them after he just, you know, had praised them and he does and it's even more effective, but this just proceeds to piss off all the old school Macedonians so it isolates Callisthenes, right? Because He'd been making fun of the Persians for being kiss asses and trying to like side with the old school Macedonians, but then Alexander does this move to where he's like, okay, the first speech, he's like, man, the Macedonians are the best fighters. And then Alexander says, if you're a good orator, you could argue the opposite. And he's like, okay, well, the Macedonians are kind of gay. I don't know what he said. Um, but now Alexander's isolated him where nobody's going to stick up for this dude. He's pissed off everybody. He didn't even realize it. So luckily for Alexander, kind of, but uh, there'd been a conspiracy against him by some of the royal pages, and it was found out. And so Alexander just lumped Callisthenes in this plot, despite Callisthenes being more or less innocent. Um, and so that's no more Callisthenes. You're dead. Don't fucking make fun of people bowing down to me, dude. I'm trying to unite these cultures. Don't fucking... You don't know the big picture. 
I'm going to kill you. Yes, I killed my historian. I know that looks bad. Um, it looks like megalomania is in full force. The ultimate paranoiac. And he kind of was, though. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of is squashing down. But, you know, it is that tough line you got between... That's fine. Well, you can speak out against this, but don't undermine what I'm trying to fucking do. It's already difficult enough as it is. I don't need you guys getting all fucking bold and talking shit, man. So, Clisthenes, dead. Now Alexander turns his eyes toward India. Nobody had really any clue about India. I mean, a couple, you know, like there's the legend that Hercules had made it to India, but had to turn around and... Cyrus the Great, the founder of the Persian Empire, had kind of been up into India, India, and you know, kind of, uh, well, yeah, I kind of won some fights here. Something it was probably bullshit. So, obviously, Alexander, you present him with a challenge. He's jumping on it with both fucking feet, and nobody really knew. I mean, the maps back then didn't were non-existent in terms of India. I mean, what Greek is going to have a fucking map of India? But they thought it was just like t- a tiny strip of land, like Florida. And that the ocean was on the other side of it, you know? And it was it was just ocean. And I don't think they even had any idea about fucking China, you know? At this point, no way. So Alexander's like, well, we're going to conquer this fucking shit, all of it. I'm going to go bathe nude in the ocean or something and ride a dolphin and stick my penis in its blowhole in its head. I He didn't say that. Because, you know what I mean? He's like, is there... An, you you say there's an area with people in it? Um, and they have weapons? That's all you gotta say. Alexander is on his horse with his spear drawn. He's like, let's go, boys! So, 327 BC, Alexander crosses back over the Hindu Kush going south, went down into India. And they split into two columns, and like, I think um, Hephaestion and Ptolemy went with one. And Kratos and Alexander went into another, and they just sort of waylaid everybody in these fucking foothills um, and decided, well, all right, we'll meet back up at the Indus River. And so it was tough fighting. I mean, India, it's not like India suddenly became densely populated. It's always had a shitload of people in it. So he had to fight his way through a lot of, a lot of hill people uh, on his way to the Indus Valley area. But he did. Killed a lot of, like, executed a lot of villages total, you know. Then once he gets down there, uh, though, Alexander actually uh, strikes up, an, uh, like, a comradeship with the local Indian ruler named uh, Ambi, I think. I think that's right. But this guy's, like, obviously coming to Alexander and be like, hey, I'll be your ally if you'll be my ally because... There's this fucking guy on the other side of the Hadaspes River named Porus, and I think you can help me kick the shit out of this guy because you know, fuck him. You know, I'll be your I'll be your ally though. So Alexander sends a message. They they get their armies together, and Alexander sends a message to Porus to surrender. That Porus was a bad motherfucker and said, uh, no. I'll meet you at the, and it's either the Jhelum or the Hydaspes River. I mean, I think it's just depending on where you're from. Uh, I'll meet you there, but to get it the fuck on, let's do this. Let's roll, man. Porus ain't no bitch. Porus is a bad motherfucker, too, by the way. Solid military commander. And the guy knew how to defend a river crossing. So they meet, you know, on both sides of it. Alexander draws up his army. Uh, Porus got his guys, and he's got fucking elephants. Which scares the shit out of the Macedonian horses, right? And Porus had this river crossing uh, defended, you know? Where he knew where the fording areas, where the shallow parts they could cross were. And he had guys there ready. They had a system of, of alerts to, you know, alright, scramble everybody, let's go. Alexander could fucking mirror the guy. So Alexander knew he was going to have to sort of employ every stratagem he had in his fucking book. First he um, lulled Porus into sort of a false sense of complacency by every night he sort of made it seem like he was gathering up his guys to move up and down the river, sometimes at the same time, you know, a lot of 
noise, like, you know, to, to make Porus think he was going to make a move, and so Porus would have to get his guys up there and scramble and mirror Alexander, sort of, you know, deny him the river crossing. Alexander just kept doing this, and so eventually, after a while, um, Porus lets his guard down, because he just thought Alexander was making a bunch of feints and, you know, noise, and, you know, trying to... Porus's men were getting tired out. This is in the fucking monsoon season, by the way. So, you know, Alexander, I mean, just day after day, if you're Porus's men responding to these fucking false alarms in the middle of the night, uh, meanwhile, Alexander's got guys sneaking up and down the river trying to find any place that they can cross that Porus hadn't, isn't monitoring. And eventually, relentless motherfucker that he is, Alexander finds a place to cross goddamn 20 miles upstream. So they scout it, and Alexander uh, takes about 10,000 infantry guys and 5,000 cavalry guys as his strike force. And he goes to this spot under the cover of night, and the rest of the army under Craterus was going to mass on the river directly opposite from Porus to fix him and hold him in place. And if Porus marched off to attack Alexander's attack army 20 miles downstream, Craterus would cross and assault Porus head on. So this puts Porus into sort of a classical dilemma of you got your front and your flank threatened. What are you going to do? So at 3 a.m., Alexander's crossing the river at this point 20 miles downstream. So just to get an appreciation for this shit of how badass of a fucking maneuver this was, 3 a.m. he's making his move. So you got to back up and realize he had to go 20 miles uh, to get to this point. So that means Alexander had to depart camp in broad daylight while Porus is watching his every move. And then march the 20 miles in a goddamn... This is it's in a monsoon. But the rain actually probably um, came in handy because you can't hear that much if it's just constantly pelting down on your armor, you know? And so Alexander's movements may have been drowned out by the rain, but it's still brutal, you know, slogging through the mud. But anyway, 3 a.m., Alexander starts the crossing, and it's brutal, and he made a mistake because uh, he realized that um, there's a fucking island in the middle of the river that he, he thought that was the other side of the river. And so he basically had to do two river crossings in the same night, more or less, and his guys were tired as shit by the time they got across. You know, it's all muddy, and they're in full armor, and it's raining on them, and... Brutal, man. So by this point, Porus becomes aware that Alexander's making a move 20 miles down, and so he sends his son with a small uh, cavalry detachment to go investigate and try to stop whatever they're doing. Because, you know, Porus doesn't know... Okay, is this like a just a reconnaissance in force, or is this a main strike force? You know, what the fuck's going on here, you know? So Porus sends his son down there, some horsemen. Alexander promptly slaughters them, and then presses forward with the companion cavalry while the infantry finishes crossing. So by now, Porus is like, okay, th these guys, he's attacking me. And so he left some of his force, including the elephants, you know, to defend the riverbank, and then he took about 20,000 men and the rest of his elephants to go face Alexander, so, you know, he's responding. Uh, Porus is no slouch, man. Um, and so Porus lines up with his, you know, infantry in the middle and cavalry on the wings like Alexander does, except uh, Porus has his elephants kind of spaced out in front, you know, evenly. Well, what Alexander does is he comes up with just his cavalry, uh, rope-a-dopes Porus into sending all of his cavalry out in the open to attack him because he's got more. But Alexander sends a little bit of a cavalry. It's hard to describe without just drawing a diagram, but all the way around Porus's army to then hit this cavalry in the back. Bottom line is, fucking destroys Porus's cavalry, breaks them up. And the phalanx comes up and deals with the Indians, infantry, and the elephants. And the Indians had these big fucking bows that they would brace the bottom of the bow in the ground with their foot and fire these, like, three-foot-long arrows. But since it's muddy, they couldn't really... They weren't effective. Anyhow, it's a bloody fight in the mud and the dirt and... The phalanx, you know, had to fight these fucking elephants and they had some tactics, but the elephants were fucking, you know, impaling people. They are crushing people. 
but eventually Macedonian tactics proved superior and they got control of the battle and sort of handled the elephants. But Porus himself would not give up and he's like bleeding and he's still fighting and shit. And Alexander sends uh, one of his Indian allies that knows Porus saying, hey, go surrender. But Porus fucking kills that guy, I think, or at least, you know, says, fuck you, you know, or whatever. They finally capture Porus and bring him back to Alexander, uh, where Alexander's like impressed as hell with this guy, because this guy's fighting to the death, you know. And meanwhile, all he's had was Darius running away from his ass and shit. So he's like, you know what, man? You think I'm going to kill you, chop your head off? Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to fucking make you my homeboy. And so Alexander says, you know, this is a famous quote, like, what do you want? How do you want to be treated? And Porus is like, how do I want to be treated? I want to be treated like a king, idiot. I'm a king. And so Alexander's like, well, then you're going to be a king. And with that, Battle of the Hydaspes, that's Alexander's final major battle. Uh, he and his men were going to fight. And it was brutal, man. It was like Passchendaele in World War One. It was just bloody, muddy, and it, it, it gave some of Alexander's guys PTSD to fight those fucking elephants, man. And Alexander lost Bucephalus, his favorite horse, that I think he'd gotten at age like 10 or 12 or something. Bucephalus got killed in this fight, man. That tells you how hard... Bucephalus has gone like 20 years, survives Galgamela charging in all this shit, and now he dies here at the Hydaspes these, uh, on a, you know, a swamp. Uh, but Alexander made Porus his ally, put him in charge of even more territory than he'd controlled before the battle. But Porus ended up being Alexander, a ride-or-die motherfucker for Alexander. So, you know, they, they really could respect each other. But after that, Alexander's like, let's keep going east, boys. We're going all the way, you know. We're going to keep conquering until we reach the, reach the end of the fucking world. But his men were traumatized by this point, and they were having none of it. And so finally, like, every single person in the army is like, dude, we're not going any further. And Alexander's like, well, fuck y'all then. I'll just go. And he went in his tent, you know, to pull that move where he was going to wait them out, except they didn't come. They were like, well, fine, then go, man. We're fucking getting, we're going home, though. That was fucked up what you had us do, man. This is in India. We're crossing rivers and shit and getting squashed by elephants? No way, man. So Alexander finally had to accept defeat, and it was at the hands of his own men. And everybody says it's time to go home, and so that's the end of the line. And it looks like that's the end of the line for this episode. But I'll tell you what. Alexander did not forget what his guys did, and he said that, okay, fine, we'll go home. But I'm going to have my revenge on you motherfuckers. <laughs>